Okay, people, another edition of Just for Sport. It's our basketball edition. Jamoke Davis here with Joel Walkowski. Joel, how are you doing this week after the first opening week of the restart of the NBA? Man, did I die? Am I deceased? Is the heart still pumping blood throughout my veins? Because I am in heaven. Not only have I watched 15 complete NBA games since the last uh, time we recorded, yeah. I had a house guest, my favorite type of house guest, a woman's college basketball player, Megan Daw, NYU's all-time leading scorer. Wow. So we played big man horse all weekend. Oh, cool. <laughs> Just us, us going tick for tat with Elijah Wan style footwork. It was a beautiful thing. <laughs> and I was about to win the series when my dog got attacked by some fire ants. So wow. I'm up one game to zero, and okay. I'll see you next time, Meg. Okay, my weekend consisted of not only watching basketball, but I went to my sister-in-law's boyfriend's house, and he has a basketball hoop that he lowered down really for my kid. But then I just did nothing but have my own one-man dunk contest. And I was just between the legs, 360. The, you know, the, the, the hoop was down to like six feet. So I just was having fun with the kid because, you know, he was just – he kept hey. wanting me to lift him up. I was like, okay, I'm going to lift you up so you can shoot it, and then I'm just going to play around. And a three – a between-the-legs dunk on any height hoop is an athletic feat. So congratulations there. More athletic than the button-up would suggest. <laughs> He's throwing them down. Yes, yes. I even – look, I even bought him a hoop. Ooh. You see that? A little – step two basketball hoop that's just out of the shot of the camera. But uh, yeah, he's been playing a lot of basketball, so I'm excited. Well, you, you know, you gotta, I, I'm a youth basketball coach. You get him the dribble goggles. You don't let him dribble with his palm and then he'll be set. He'll be set. All right, uh, we're gonna get set right now for our second podcast. Let's start with our layup line, kind of warm up here. Lakers clinched the number one seed. Does that excite you? Does that move you at all? Um, congratulations, LA Lakers. And you know what? I know the NBA stopped the award voting before this, these games started back up. And I would like to apologize for bestowing the MVP <laughs> upon LeBron James because three games in, it is completely clear Anthony Davis is the most valuable player on the team. And he's oh been my. since since games, has re, games have resumed. I know he went off against the Clippers and Harrell wasn't out there. So not as though, not like Harrell can guard him, but Harrell's a big enough of a physical specimen where he has to work. But yeah. Anthony, Anthony Davis has been the star of the restart. And you know what? He has to be. The Lakers guard play? Mm -hmm. Pretty rough right now. Rajon Rondo and Avery Bradley are going to yeah. be sorely missed. I think you, you're going to lead a Toronto conversation later that yeah. kind of goes into that a little bit more. But that's interesting because I can't figure out why did, why did they not sign another point guard? I just don't understand why we ended up with Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith as the two signees going into this restart when I know in their mind they didn't expect Rajon Rondo to get hurt but you knew you didn't have Avery Bradley. And you should have said, you know what, we may need to be thinking about having another point guard. Yeah, but I think you've seen 
with LeBron James since leaving Miami, his mm-hmm. teams were constructed not to maximize their potential as a basketball team, but to maximize LeBron's potential as a facilitator and passer, meaning we're stuck in this paradigm of LeBron surrounded by shooters and having the secondary offensive option like Anthony Davis who can just control games. Mm -hmm. That's how they're going to need to win right now. And like waiters has been great. J.R. Smith. I don't think he'll ever see the floor, but they should be able to score points even though their their perimeter defensive identity has a long way to go. Yeah. I I just, you know, I, I just felt that that was that to me, that was just bizarre, but I understand exactly what you're saying and I get where you're coming from. Um, and LeBron does have the ball in his hand a lot. Uh, this is the first time that the Lakers have clinched the number one seed in a decade. I can't believe it. And I'm not anti-Davis because that's my boy. We share a last name. But that Toronto game, man, he just didn't show up. He didn't show up. And maybe that shows that he is MVP because Toronto's undefeated. While the Lakers, I know LeBron James was stewing after they had that loss, because that was a possible finals matchup. Yeah, do you want to just get into that right now? Because yeah, I think that go. matchup is pretty interesting. And, you know, there's only, like, what? Giannis and Pascal Siakam are the only players who can match Anthony Davis's mm-hmm. athleticism and just what he brings to the table. So the matchup between Toronto and L.A., gosh, it seems yeah. like it really favors Toronto, doesn't it? It does. They're a better three-point shooting team. They're better well-rounded overall. And when you look at that lineup of Lowry, Van Fleet, Siakam, Siakam, Anunobi, and Marcus Saul, I mean, Marcus Saul is a beast. I mean, I mean, I'm... Anthony Davis cannot do any post moves on Mark Gasol. Like, I mean, that's going to be tough for him. And look at the bodies they can throw at Anthony Davis. Not only is it Marcus all, all in mm-hmm. all, all defense first team guy, they can throw Pascal and they can throw Serge Ibaka. Yep. Who is, you know, this, the, the way his career has panned out since leaving Orlando is so amazing, even though it's typical of every player who leaves Orlando. <laughs> Like, you leave Orlando, you're just blowing up. Tobias Harris, Victor Oladipo, they never hold on to the right assets. And I thought you were talking about the Wizards at first. Okay. I uh, I, I like <laughs> Everybody <it>. blows out. <laughs> I don't know. Wizards, you can see them kind of doing some deals for next year. Like, they're spry and, oh, my gosh, are we are But we, everybody who leaves them, they do, you know, JaVale McGee and Nick Young have NBA championship rings. As ninth men, they, they, they played the Dion Waiters role on this year's <laughs> Lakers. But, very true. Very true. Okay. You know, All right. Back to Toronto and the Lakers. Yeah. And you, you get in this, uh, you match up these teams and I thought you had something really wonderful in the outline. You mentioned Kyle Lowry as an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. And that's really intriguing to me because there's probably like a hundred NBA players who are more talented than Kyle Lowry. But the way this team has taken on his identity is to a level that's reserved for only the highest tier of superstar players. Yep, yep. So you got me think. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you got me thinking. You inspired me. So (laughs) I don't think a guy like Kyle Lowry will ever be recognized as an MVP, but shouldn't the NBA have an award for the guy who brings – the best intangibles to the table year after year. Yeah. 
I mean, in my mind, there's no doubt that he doesn't get the respect. And I'm going to say it for me, too. I also was kind of like, I don't know. You know, what does Kyle Lowry really bring? You know, I mean, especially when it was Toronto and the Wizards in the playoffs, you know, and then you look at Toronto versus Milwaukee or Boston, you know, you probably say, okay, I'm going to take Kimball Walker over Kyle Lowry. I take John Wall over Kyle Lowry. And yet Kyle Lowry has a championship and he has been the catalyst leading this team. You talk to anybody in Toronto, they really probably wouldn't even say, wouldn't even say Kawhi's name first. They would say Kyle Lowry was the guy who really held that team together. And, you know, uh, the team took on his personality, which is very low-key. I just get my job done, and I performed. 33 points in that Lakers game, which is like, no, I'm putting them on my back. We're going to win. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you mentioned all these other point guards, and in no capacity can Kyle Lowry compete from an athletic point of view. He's a little stocky. He maybe appears a little out of shape. But the guy, he's got that hard-nosed Philadelphia Villanova mentality. And you could just see him get exercised last NBA Finals, coming out in Game 6, and winning, a, winning the championship really on his back. He was the go-to-Game 5. And, you know, I can't think of a player whose legacy has changed that much since Dirk Nowitzki in 2011. Mm. So... Yeah, yeah. That's, give that's him very the, interesting. Yeah, give give him the intangibles award because he he's not the best point guard in the league. But is there a player who's more conducive to a winning culture than Kyle Lowry? No, no. And Toronto is. I'm sure they are bursting with confidence that they're going to get to the NBA Finals. I mean, I think you know, as I sat here and watched them over the first two games. And or is it three games? I think they play two games. And I'm just like, they're better than Boston. I watch Milwaukee and I'm just like, no, Milwaukee has Giannis and that's it. That's it. I mean, that's it. Well, my issue with Milwaukee, they're going to kick your ass. When they get going, no one can compete with them. But we saw it play out in last year's postseason. When games get tough, Giannis's like crunch time decision making isn't quite there yet, and we saw it when they choked a game against Houston that they absolutely should have won. Like Milwaukee was in firm control of that game; there was no answer for Brook Lopez. And with when Giannis came in as the facilitator, they stopped getting open looks at the basket. Mm-hmm. He was not; he was so sloppy as a ball handler. Houston was able to poke it away every time he made his entrance. And, like, yeah, is Giannis the best player in the league? Sure. I will concede that. Would I rather have Anthony Davis with the ball in his hands at the end of the game? Absolutely. Because I think that's exactly what you're talking about. Chris Middleton, you know, they had to pay him. They want to say he's that kind of a player. But I don't know if he's there. I just don't think he's there yet. You're relying on an older George Hill, uh, a DiVincenzo. Who's been role, terrible. These role players, yes, who, who are just not there. I mean, Wesley Matthews is a sharpshooter. I don't think he's better here than he's been at Dallas overall. And maybe it's a matter of they need to get in a rhythm. Maybe what we're talking about is a microcosm of what we've seen so far. And that by the time we get outside of these seeding games and the playoffs start, 
they may be better. It may be a thing of rhythm. But right now, I feel like Toronto, they're already in stride. And they're, they have their bus, Black Lives Matter bus, going in the right lane, and they're going for that championship. Yeah, I guess there is something to say for secretly quarantining your team in Europe <laughs> to practice for a month before anyone else does. Who knows? And can the Bucks beat the Raptors in a series? Sure, but they're gonna ha- I think they're going to have to win those games by 10 points, not two. Yeah, yeah, because down the stretch, Toronto has the experience and the players that can do it. Uh, let's talk about a new thing that the NBA is doing. They have launched a betting telecast. I am excited about seeing what this brings to the table, not so much for the seeding games, but I guess it doesn't matter, but also like for the playoffs, if it really is going to bring, you know, more attention to the game as the first league to really embrace this of the major sports, you know, American leagues. I know that in Washington at the arena, they have a sports book, the first live sports book outside of Las Vegas and New Jersey uh, in, in a sports arena, um, what do you think about that and what that means for a show like ours? Uh, you know, anybody who wants to bet on the league to be able to, to, to have an extra stake in games and extra interest in what happens on the court. Absolutely. And you, I think it, when it, with every generation, we get a little bit more liberal than our parents' generation. And you can see that with our approach towards gambling. It's not this you know, outsider activity for degenerates and rabble rousers. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's what guys do together at a party. It's fantasy football. It's, you know, gauntlet pools. And you see the NBA, they're just more modern than any of their counterparts. counterparts they're more mm-hmm. modern from a social justice point of view. And now, now they're more modern from engaging with their fans in a meaningful way. And I... I like the idea of being able to bet in game. I think that for the longest time, you know, to keep me interested and not that I wasn't interested, but having like when you did the daily fantasy sports, that was awesome to be able to stay involved in, you know, I did baseball, football, hockey, basketball. I even did EPL and MLS with my dad's like we would just do each league because it was just fun and another way to to stay engaged. I hope that people don't lose their shirt. And, you know, if you have an issue, we're going to do a read uh, later on. But I hope that people can be responsible and just have fun with it. That's my only worry. And then also on the player side, as you talk about basketball-related income, that I hope that the players reap some of the benefits of the billions that are going to come from everybody betting on basketball. And can I give a couple pieces of advice to our listeners here? The, I don't know if you've ever opened up the live lines and see how they change during a basketball game, but it vacillates so wildly. Like a three-point difference makes a game from minus 125 to plus 225, and it's easy to actually get plus money on both sides of the action. Yeah, I got up a little bit this weekend, so I started playing around with that. And I was really enthused by the results. It's hard to like hunt on your bet like that, but you know, you can kind of guarantee profit if you watch like a hog. The problem is, yeah, I love basketball. I want to be immersed by these games. I want them to wash over me, but the live <laughs> lines are 30 seconds ahead of the broadcast. Yeah. 
Uh, if you just got to find a way to sync that up. That's really yeah. tough. And heck, if you're not a gambler, if you're just listening to this show, cause if you just like the moke and the joke, yeah. um, I advise you, if you don't want to lose, maybe invest in DraftKings. How about that, huh? That's yeah, another way to get involved. Well, just from a stock point of view, the playoffs are being broadcast by Disney, who owns a oh. 7% stock in DraftKings. So they're going to be pushing business there mm-hmm. throughout the entire playoffs. So I don't know. If you don't yeah. want, if you're scared of losing your shoot, be sure, just yeah. buy a few stocks. And you can find DraftKings by going to the Props Network. We've got you covered. If you want to bet on the NBA bubble, just go to the Where to Bet page on the PropsNetwork.com and get free bets and bonuses from legal sports betting sites in your state. Right now, you can get $20 free bets, no deposit required from Unibet, a 100% deposit match bonus from BetRivers, as well as exclusive sign-up bonuses from DraftKings, FanDuel, PointBet, BetMGM, and more. Remember, it's over 21 to bet. And if you know someone that has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER today. I will not have to call 1-800-GAMBLER on Joe Walkowski. He does it for fun. He's pretty good at it. Uh, speaking no more of than gambling, $30 a game. and um, That's it. No, yeah, maybe a couple big money line plays <laughs> hit the stand this weekend, but they turned out for me. Had to sweat the Wizards' paces a little bit. I've just been going against the Wizards big every game, and it's been a great strategy. And that's disappointing me because I thought the Nets – now, granted, they do have Karis LeVert, and he's basically carried that team. But I thought that the Wizards, you know, the young upstarts were going to – Thomas Bryant was going to, you know, blossom, and you're going to have Troy Brown and Rui Hachimura – Troy Brown Jr., excuse me – that they were going to kind of show what they can do. And they've gone south, the opposite direction of what I thought they might do. These, Come on, don't know. throw Thomas Bryant under the bus because my man's been balling out. He it's has been so balling. He for has. me to see an offense run through a traditional big man. <laughs> you know, let, let this husky cat shoot threes. Why the heck not? Pretend <laughs> you're Golden Beat. You're just there for seven games. You're yeah. at Disney World. Enjoy the vacation. And like, now you, they're, they're done. The Wizards yeah. are done. It's all yeah. in this. But yeah. next year... You have the you have Ray Allen 2.0 coming off the quietest 30 point per game season in history. You got John Wall. Real deal, Beal. With with every yeah, Beal's amazing. Yeah, Beal, yeah. Beal could be James Harden, I think. He could be. He could be. But I don't know if you know that the tough thing is. Here's the thing, okay? Because we could pivot. We could talk basketball for on all kinds of subjects. Would John Wall be willing to be Russell Westbrook? Because I didn't think it would work with Houston with Harden and Russell Westbrook because Harden still has the ball in his hand uh, less, you know, I mean, but still a lot compared to before Russell Westbrook was there. I don't know if you could ever have Wall say, okay, Beal, you're going to have the ball in your hand 65% of the time and I'm going to have it 35. I just don't know if that could ever work. And you're going to need to make that change, actually. Just looking at the metrics, when you go through a three-point shooter who can create his own shot, odds are you make the playoffs. It works in Golden State. It works in Portland. And I think that's the best chance for Washington to be, be successful. I know they've got to re-sign Davis. I know. But if they do that, they're kind of moving forward with a pretty intriguing core, at least for a one-year all-in sort of thing. Yeah. 
I agree with you on that. Let's see what they do. Uh, what the NBA did is they shortened the time when a player can return to the court. Now, that's a real gamble. It used to be 48 hours if you had a, you know, you were unsure about the test for coronavirus. Now it's 24 hours. Is that a good move? Are they, you know, are they feeling overly confident with the, the zero test that they've had since they actually started playing games? Do we need to answer this question? Is this a good, good idea? Absolutely not. You're seeing baseball experience its apocalypse for the second time since 1994. You've generated so much goodwill. You're accomplishing every goal for the league. Why are you scaling back your measures of safety? Things, things are working out. I can wait a day to see Jimmy Butler. I want to yeah. see meaningful basketball for the next three months. Yeah, and I know it's like, a, oh, but we're trying to do that because we don't want players to miss a playoff game. But it still doesn't change the fact that when I logged on this morning to check out the lines, I was looking for that Team Futures next to championship conference winner NBA Finals matchup like COVID. Like that needs to be its own Team Futures. Because if you're <laughs> cutting it down to 24 hours, I'm a little worried about when a player might not be sure if they're tested positive and out. Because you know somebody's sneaking off. I mean, we're, it's coming out in baseball. It's like, yeah, some players weren't doing what they're supposed to do. Lou Williams was one time. You know somebody went to that anonymous box and put in there, Lou Williams went to get his chicken wings at his favorite restaurant. That's what happened. And what's, you know, we're okay right now, but two weeks from now, when the players are still in that bubble, they've done all the fishing that they want to, all of the extra fish that the NBA put in the pond so the players can feel like they're being successful. That's all gone. The food's the same. We've done all of the games. We can't go to rides. That's when they're going to be tested the most. And here's what we need to do. First of all, I was a camp counselor during college, the best summers of my life. And we'd keep the boys in one camp and we keep the girls in one camp. We don't want these NBA players sneaking off. We don't want these WNBA players sneaking off. So let's have, let's arrange dances. We'll have Popovich <laughs> chaperone. We'll, we'll bus out the WNBA from IMG Academy. We'll, we'll meet in the middle and then no one will have to sneak off. There you we'll go. Organize it. We'll do it safely and everyone will have a great time. Plus in nine months, we'll get the greatest batch of basketball players who ever lived. Which will be exciting. And, and I think that, uh, hey, they already got a barbershop for the players. Why not add that on there, too? A dance Yeah, hall? have a basketball dance. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you mentioned Greg Popovich. Now, he is great, great on social justice. Let's just talk about this for a minute. Just going to read his first quote. Our number one priority as far as the country and society is concerned is racial justice, actually racial injustice, that exists in our country and trying to make everything just for all people. Just a reminder, in this world, a lot of people really do not understand the breadth and depth of this horrific situation that black people have been in for so long. I love Greg Popovich for that. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. amazing because I just don't understand how this is the same man that can be so rude to people in terms of reporters on camera when he doesn't like a quote or a question. You have to lead by example. And what kind of example are you setting? Does one outweigh the other? No. I love what he's doing with social justice, but I just want to be 100% straight across the board. Well, I think Greg is someone who's streamed in his, his entire life to figure out what's important to him. He wants to maximize his basketball players as individuals and as 
members of the Spurs organization. You know what? Supporting them as a man furthers those goals. So he's all in for that. Having a sideline reporter talk to him after the third quarter, I don't know if it helps meet his mission. And you know what? <laughs> I think the beautiful thing about Greg Popovich, and I would probably give my future children Pop as a middle name if it weren't for the <laughs> 2005 finals. Rasheed Wallace makes one rotation. You're talking to uh, Cullen Pop-Walkowski in a few years, but not, that will not be the case. I loved his answer to the Marco Bellinelli question. Yeah. They asked him, what's Marco Bellinelli's status for now? And he waxed poetic about mm. racial justice in America for two paragraphs and said, Bellinelli's out tonight. Yeah, and that was it. And that was it. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Mo be as rude as you want to reporters. We're in the media. You can spit in my face, Greg. But as long as I see you like really franchising your players, like Lonnie Walker, the fourth, who's like become a really interesting like mm -hmm. voice in the modern discourse. Yeah. So, I mean, like, Build those guys up, but enjoy yourself while you're doing it. Like Popovich, all good in my book. You can do no wrong. And he's also, he stood. He has been standing for the national anthem, which I think is also one of those things that has been a controversy with this restart. Let's go to Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac stood. He took a lot of heat for it as the rest of his teammates knelt. And then he decided not to go down on one knee. And then what goes out in the next game? His uh, knee. I couldn't believe that. Like, man, Twitter really regrets wishing on that monkey paw, huh? Man. Like, uh, he, I believe. I, I feel for the guy. I really do. Yeah, and Isaac, like, I understand it's kind of been a hard adjustment for him because, you know, Religion doesn't have as big of a place in our culture as it did for preceding generations, but it seems like Jonathan Isaac, his life is governed by his faith, more power to him, but it's kind of isolated him from his teammates for years. And this only continues that. Like, I remember his rookie season, there was that incident. He invited all of his teammates to watch him speak at a church mm -hmm. and no one showed up. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I would wonder if there isn't a case of he's been kind of isolated in that locker room. So maybe it's not as indicative of his beliefs. Maybe it's more indicative of where his personality kind of puts him in contrast to other NBA players. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just, that was tough, you know, especially as I watched him not kneel and talk to some people about it. And then, you know, I just feel like it's getting into getting nitpicky where it's like, hey, they kneel, they didn't kneel. He's got something on his jersey. He doesn't have anything on the back of his jersey. He's speaking up. He's not. And I just, you know, I think everybody has a right to their opinion and hopefully it will stay that way. Except my yeah, and like, can we relax a little bit? Like, I'm, uh, I do my best to be an ally, but if someone isn't coming out in support, why is it negative necessarily a negative action? You know, mm -hmm. like we don't know Jonathan Isaac's heart and mind and I haven't seen anything truly negative that he said. So he's just doing him and yeah. I'll, I'm willing to give him a pass and prayers up for your recovery, Jonathan, big fan. Yeah. Hopefully he will recover. And speaking of who else may recover, hope to recover is that Orlando magic team. I don't know what's going to happen with them. Uh, we got some action coming up with the standings right now. But really, we're looking at the 
four, five, six matchup. But in general, uh, oh boy, what's going to happen if you also include the seven, eight storyline with the Nets and Magic? I guess in my mind, if I'm the Magic, maybe it is better if Jonathan Isaac isn't there and I drop. I don't know. I mean, it's not like you're going to catch the Sixers, so we're really going to focus on four, five, six. But I don't know who's worse to be playing against Milwaukee or the or the Raptors. You're going out either way if you're the Magic. Yeah, and this is probably the one thing the NBA didn't get right with this is we've seen this discrepancy in the talent between the conferences for about as long as I can remember. Yeah, a good 15 years, I would say. The West has always had 10 playoff-worthy teams, and it sucks to see capable young teams that are starting to gel on the outside looking in. There mm-hmm. isn't a basketball fan alive who wants to watch the the wizard, the magic and the nets over the blazers and the suns. <laughs> no, no. So it's really sad. It's really but, sad. And and yeah. the talent level in Portland, San Antonio, and the Pelicans is it's just better. It's just better than what you're gonna get out of the magic and the Nets. I mean, I know part of it's because of injuries and they don't have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but I watched a lot of the Nets. I know the Nets pretty well. I don't know that missing Kyrie Irving and Spencer Dinwiddie makes them a worse team. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I I actually prefer them with, with Karis LeVert getting the ball in his hands, not just because I attend the university of Michigan, (laughs) but um I think he's more of a creator, less of an ISO ball guy. And like, there's the tools with Joe Harris and Jared Allen where they can usually generate pretty good looks. Mm-hmm. And my one, th- my one deal with Karras, people don't know this. The announcers need to put this out there. He is the descendant of the OJs. So we can't talk about his musical lineage. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Every time somebody says Karis LeVert, I think of Gerald LeVert every time it, I want to call him Gerald, but I know I can't. All right, so we're talking about the four-five-six matchup. Miami Heat, they're uh, 42 and 25. The Pacers are the fifth seed, a game behind them. And the 76ers are the sixth seed, two games behind Miami. But if you're jostling for a position, if you're the 76ers, you got Boston, Pacers and Heat will play each other. If I'm the Heat, I don't know if I want to play the Pacers right now. The way that they are playing – uh, they won both of their games so far, and I don't know what's going there on there, but I thought I would say that Victor Oladipo was the top scorer with Indiana, but who is it? T.J. Warren. What? 53. And Followed I'm, it up with a 40-pointer, or 46. And then, you know what? I knew Phoenix was shopping him. They were giving him away during last year's NBA draft. I was all over Twitter. Detroit. Come get your man. We haven't had a small forward <laughs> since Tayshawn Prince. Go get him. You see Indiana grabbing him for nothing. He's becoming their fifth reliable score. And there is – this is kind of the window for Indiana because they've got to pay these guys. And for whatever reason, they've always underappreciated Miles Turner in my estimation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have. So I think Miami doesn't care about the matchup. They're psychopaths. They're the best-run organization in the NBA. But this has to break. We know Indiana versus Boston is an entertaining series. We saw it last year. And would there be anything better than watching Jimmy Butler play the Philadelphia 76ers? As gamblers, 
we know how that's turning out. Yeah, yeah. The, the well-coached team who knows exactly our, who they are are going to beat the worst coach in the modern NBA. Apologies <laughs> to Alvin Gentry. And it's tough, too, because, like, you know, not that I don't want – it's not like I'm rooting for the Sixers to win, but – you know, already Embiid, well, not this last game, but Milton and Embiid were arguing the game before when they lost. It's just like, I don't understand. They just seem to be just completely disheveled in a volatile team that you just don't know what you're going to get. And the hype for Ben Simmons, because he makes one behind-the-back pass to a guy who is actually sitting in the corner forever. So I don't know why people are like, that pass was amazing. He had been just sitting there for a good 10 seconds, it seemed like. But I just, I don't know. I just feel like you don't know what you're going to get with the Sixers. And I want to see Jimmy Butler eliminate them. And I think you will because not a single player on the 76ers is used to their full potential. You look at Miami, everybody's maximized. They're a rotation, one through nine. It's like the Swiss Army knife. You pull them out and they know their exact usage. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia, they're still letting the egos of their superstars dictate the scheme. And Brett Brown should have been fired after last offseason. I wonder if we won't see a firing in the bubble. And Whoa, whoa. That would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, is there something you'd rather see than Brett Brown sent home? And it's just like, okay, we're a defensive team now. We're posting up in bead. We're having Ben Simmons run out in transition. Because they, they show these flashes on defense that are they, – they could be the best defensive team in the league, and they choose not to be. No, the last two games, they've given up 40 points in the fourth quarter. Like, what are you doing? Like, there's no defense whatsoever. And amazingly, one of, the, one of them, they got to win. Uh, yeah, and I just do, do we count that win? Because they're playing an old San Antonio team on the second night of a back-to-back – Really? Gamblers? Yeah. And it took give- a, a game winner, too. So it wasn't like they beat them soundly. Yeah, and like, only give results, only pay credence to back-to-backs if the result isn't what's expected. Like, that's the one thing in an NBA that's usually pretty predictable, yeah. is a team on a back-to-back's probably going to lose. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Okay. All right, here we go. If you're going to bet on the NBA bubble, then why not get some bonuses? Visit thepropsnetwork.com and find out about all the deals running at the top U.S. online sportsbooks. Like right now at PointsBet, there's score-first insurance. If your NBA team scores first but loses the game, you can get your money back in free bets up to $50. This is, this is just one of the sportsbook deals that you can miss out on if you don't stay tuned to TPN. That's the Props Network. So check us out today at thepropsnetwork.com and never miss a bonus. Remember, you got to be 21 or over to bet. And if you know someone who has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER today. Let's look at NBA Futures championship winner. I know you have to be excited because, yeah, the Rockets look good. And they look like they were in Toronto, with Toronto in Europe playing amongst themselves, getting ready. Harden comes in first game, 49 points. They just look good. Absolutely, but that's the Houston Rockets. They're the Jekyll and Hyde of the NBA, and that hasn't changed for five years. Some, t- some days they're the best team you've ever seen. Other days they look like an AAU squad, chucking too many threes. <laughs> they do chuck a lot of threes. But, you know, if you have Harden playing the way he's playing and you got us a, a, a sidekick in Russell Westbrook, 
is good. I still don't understand what they're going to do without a big man. So that's a hole that they will not be able to get out of. Uh, yeah, we and saw- we, we, we saw them wear down before the coronavirus paused because they didn't have enough size. So they're back with fresh legs. I'm not surprised they're strong out of the gate but they are exhibiting a lot of character and gutting out these wins against some pretty good teams. They shouldn't have won that Milwaukee game. They shouldn't have won that Dallas game, but both were like statistically significant comebacks. So props to them. I don't know how they can keep it up, but maybe they can. Uh, Another team that I think can keep it up. We've talked about them already are the Raptors. They moved up to plus 1300. They were plus 1400 before we started recording to be that NBA champion, uh, I would, I, I'm, ta- I'm taking that bet because I think the Raptors are the one team, as we talked about, that may be able to beat the Lakers if it ends up being Lakers-Raptors. And we didn't talk about the Clippers losing to the Lakers. I'm no, I have no, no credence in that. <laughs> you're missing Lou Williams. You're missing Montrez Harrell. And you turn the ball over 30 <laughs> times and you lose by one to a galvanized Lakers squad. Like, I watched that game. I know the Clippers lost, but I, everything I thought about them was affirmed. They are legit. Um, but I will say that for the Lakers, 64% of number one seeds win the championship and the Lakers are one of them. And most Ooh. likely Milwaukee will be the other. So, but really, these playoffs, especially with no home court advantage, like it's kind it of a game of rock, paper, scissors among these contenders. Like, true, true. The Raptors can beat the Lakers, but I think they'd get smoked by the Clippers. The yeah. Lakers can maybe beat the Clippers, but you know what? If they get the Rockets, they could be in trouble. They don't have the perimeter defense. So it's going to be amazing to see how this turns out. There's all these contrasting strengths and weaknesses among the contenders. And nobody's perfect. Yeah, nobody is. Uh, And the Bucs have not been perfect so far in this restart. But the Raptors have. The Raptors are at plus 450. The Bucs are at minus 165 to be the winner of the Eastern Conference. Uh, Any change in your thoughts of who that might be? Um, I still think there's value in Boston. And I talk about seeing good things from the Clippers in a loss. I I really like, I was impressed with Boston losing to Milwaukee and holding off a a totally firing on all cylinders Blazers team. Yeah. You know what? They, they went toe to toe with Milwaukee with Walker on a minutes restriction and Tatum playing the worst game of his career. Oh my gosh. That was awful from Tatum. It's Okay. He got a haircut, so he, and then all of a sudden he was better. Yeah, he's an asset. We have to be kind to Jason Tatum because of these young guys who are coming into the league, I think he plays the sort of meaningful basketball that we care about here. Yeah. Um, all right, finalists for NBA Finals matchup. Any changes in your mind? You're still Bucks Clippers at plus 350. Or you could take Raptors Clippers at plus 2,000. I like that one. Or you could play, take Raptors Lakers at plus 1,900. Mm, I would probably be tempted to go Raptors Clippers with that. And then, you know, it's going to be a toss-up. But you, Milwaukee, Toronto, we're, I think we're probably going to see them run it back. And you just have better odds with the Raptors there. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, I am... I just, I'm just impressed with them so much. I just can't believe that 
You know, I thought, I mean, I guess I thought I would see some rust, but there's a lot of games left. So let me not get too excited about the, the Raptors. I'm not backing off of them, but no, let's I'm, see what happens the rest of these play-in games. Yeah, and like, I hope the Raptors win another title just because was there better content last year than Serge Ibaka during the, t- the parades? We're both broadcasters. <laughs> I would trade everything I own for Serge Ibaka's speaking voice. It's yeah. the best accent I've ever heard. I'm cursed with this Michigan tongue. I sound like a fat guy from Chicago who's also <laughs> a Jewish woman from Long Island. But, you know, Serge, hey, fun guy. Fun oh, guy. Are you? Fun guy, fun guy. <laughs> Let's move you can, you can. Let's move along to the eighth seed. Another one I like, Pops Mintzabansu, although he's not playing in the league. Uh, let's look at the AC. We'll start in the West. You've got Portland, San Antonio, and the Pelicans, and the Kings, and the Suns, all within three and a half games of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I think the best chance I, I would have really given – I would have had a different conversation as Spurs had beat the Sixers, but they didn't. Uh, who do you think, if a team can beat the Grizzlies, will be that eighth seed? I think you have to support the Blazers right here. And I think the Grizzlies have kind of shown their youth out of the gate. Like, they're a tremendously young team. All the pieces are there. But they're not as good as they're going to be next year. And you got to support – like, there's probably really great value in the Spurs and – this Suns offense is really clicking in a meaningful way, but God damn, pardon my French, the Blazers have been impressive. Mellow's hitting threes. All their bigs are back fully healthy, and Damian Lillard has been the second best player in the NBA since the restart. Mm-hmm. And gosh, this is just something that this is a thought that pops in my head. I think Damian Lillard has the best life of anyone. Of anyone in the NBA or anyone? Of period. anyone, period. period. If I could be anyone, I would be Damian Lillard. So I have two of the top 10 moments in NBA history. Yeah. I yeah. am the most beloved individual for an entire city. And in the long and problematic lineage of basketball players turned rappers, he's the only one to successfully make that transition. Behind Shaq. Behind um, Shaq. Oh, Shaq, Shaq, no, no, no. Shaq Food The Return was the best, best LP Shaq put out. Shaq has talent, too, but I do love Dame Lillard. Dame Dollar, I like Dame Dollar a lot. And you can, like, you can, you can praise Shaq, but we all know Dame won that rap battle. You're talking to one of the best roast battlers of all time, Jamoke, <laughs> and I know a winner when I see one. Uh, okay, so we see LeBron. He's forcing this Space Jam thing. He's maybe got two of the top 10 moments in his history. And you could make the argument with Cleveland, but it's all kind of forced. Dame, it just happened. It was Mm -hmm. DIY. So he is the hipster LeBron James. And you know, if I spend $6 on an oat milk latte every morning, I want to be Damian Lillard if (laughs) Judy gives me any wishes. Okay, now here's the thing. There is no home court advantage. Could Portland be trouble for the Lakers? Absolutely. They have the bodies to throw at Anthony Davis, and we've already discussed how the Lakers have an ineptitude at guarding uh, on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, All right. 
I, I am rooting for the, the Portland Trailblazers to make it as well. As we just discussed on the last podcast, like, I can't believe how they've fallen off from last year. I mean, they were the darling. Everybody loved the Trailblazers and wanted to see them win. And then they beat OKC. And, you know, it, it, that, that one play was amazing. I mean, that meme will last forever because he does yeah, have he, a meme. You didn't mention that either. One yeah, of the he best had that, memes. Yeah. <laughs> he had that play. He has the, the play against Houston that also won a series like – those plays have only happened in seven times in NBA history, and Dame has two of them. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Dame. But this year, they were just bitten too hard by the injury bug. So eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, it's not a contest. Wizards are out. But, you know, we're talking about the Nets and Magic trying to, you know, jostle for position. So we'll just leave it there. Bottom line is it'll be one of those two teams in the eighth seed. They'll lose in the first round. Oh, a seven and eight seed really will lose in the first round. It'll also be the biggest upset since the Denver Nuggets beat the Seattle Supersonics and Dikembe Mutombo is like, yes, we won. And I don't that was, see that happening. The mid-90s were so great for end-of-series celebrations. <laughs> it was just centers falling to the ground and holding their fists up. <laughs> we saw it with Dikembe. We saw it with Alonzo. And if – Patrick Ewing ever had a meaningful playoff moment. We would have seen it with him, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Poor oh curriculum at Georgetown. Yeah, oh, Georgetown Hoyas. Uh, Suns have run two in a row. I just want to say that just so we don't pretend that we're forgetting. But Pelicans are fading. They got to win the other night. Uh, realistically, uh, a what? Schedule loss for Memphis. Oh, they played, oh, yeah. They played the day before, so. Yes, um, yes. But it's sad because in my mind, like, I'd like to really know what's going on with Zion. Why put him on a minutes restriction when you know everything comes down to these eight games? Like, there's no time to play games. And it seemed like Alvin Gentry and the coaching staff in front office, okay, maybe they're going to say, no, we didn't wake up. We always were doing this. No, you were going to stay – you were going to keep that minutes restriction. And probably about three minutes ago, you were like, uh, uh, okay, we, we got to just get him in there. And they let him play 25 minutes and they win a ball game. Who knows if they would have won more if they had not done the minutes restriction. Because as we said, he had four months of no basketball to get healthy. And I'm not saying like I have the inside track or whether he was healthy enough to play or not, but I would hope that by the time you get into the bubble, you didn't have to hold him to a minutes restriction. And it cost you two basketball games. And you know what? I don't even think the Zion minutes restriction was the worst decision Gentry made in that Pelicans jazz game. No the first half of that game. Brandon Ingram was far and away the best player on the court. And then they stopped running the offense through him for the entirety of the second half. Mm -hmm. This guy has the potential to be a pretty rare offensive weapon and you have to utilize him. To me, Alvin Gentry is no different from Brett Brown. Oh, I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> Maybe a little worse. Oh I've, been, I've been watching the NBA since I was seven years Four. old, the 1993 season, and Alvin Gentry has been underperforming as a head coach over that entire span. Mm -hmm. Pistons, Clippers, Suns, and now we have the Pelicans getting this amazing assembly of young talent. It's like, why are you letting Gentry drive the car? Why are you letting Brett Brown drive the car? These are tremendous assets. Look at what Milwaukee does. Look at what Toronto does. You got to play to these guys' strengths, and I don't really see that from New Orleans yet. No, and that, that – I mean, that young core 
is, is pretty amazing. I mean, even Lonzo Ball has played heads above what you expected to, to get out of him when he left L.A. and got away from his dad. And, yeah, he's a different team. And, and we'll, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm happy that the minutes restriction is over, but they got a lot of catching up to do. And I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and like, you know, who, you know who's a sleeper eight seed candidate? The Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks. They have lost. But played pretty well in both their games. Like, they've really assembled an awesome offense, but dang, they can't stop anybody. Like, they're having to trot out Maxi Kleber, a kind of big white stiff to guard on the perimeter sometimes. They score like crazy, but I don't know. They have, they have a little bit of work to do to get there. Just for fun, and I screwed up. I should have taken that uh, eight seed, that Dallas Mavericks has an eight seed, 50,000, uh, plus 50,000. I should have taken it just for fun. I should have. Could have, should have, would have. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is nice to see all these, like, here's what happens if you're an NBA lottery draft bust. You, you flame out. You go to Nick, the Knicks. You prove you're an NBA player. Then you go to Dallas and you hit open threes. Congratulations, Trey <laughs> Burke. You found a way to have a 10-year NBA career, and I commend you for that. Trey Burke? Oh, yeah. That's what you said? Chris yeah, Zingas? Huh? Chris Dabbs? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel bad for all the Knicks fans on my Twitter timeline. Like, you're seeing <laughs> Knicks cast-offs combined for 75 points off a layoff, and it's just like, okay, cool. What's R.J. Barrett going to do? Uh, as we're recording this, the Nets and Bucks are playing right now. What other games are you looking forward to for the rest of the week, the most exciting games that you want to see? Uh, I'm going to start with tonight. I mean, you can't go wrong with Celtics Heat and Rockets Blazers, both on TNT. I'm going to be glued to the television for both of those games. Well, unfortunately, I am going camping, so I'll be watching League Pass and Reddit streams on my phone. Um, I'm pretty intrigued to see the Oklahoma City Thunder play the L.A. Lakers tomorrow. We know the Lakers have a problem with guard play, and it'll be fun to watch Anthony Davis drive into the lane and see Stephen Adams there waiting for him. Yeah, uh, Stephen Adams, I have to say, I like Stephen Adams but Jokic took him to town in that Denver OKC game. I just never expected. Steven Adams was, was on the floor more than I thought he would be. Yeah, and um, we've seen the weight loss with Jokic really unlock a couple new features of his offensive game. He's finishing at the basket in a way that I've never seen him do before. And once they get all their pieces going, Michael Porter Jr. is showing some flashes. So... They might be scoring the most points in Denver since Alex English was rocking the skyline. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens in that game. Uh, the other game uh, coming up on Friday night, Celtics-Raptors should be a good one. Um, but the big I can't believe you're going camping when there are literally four games on Saturday, three of them on TNT, Clippers-Blazers, Jazz-Nuggets, Lakers-Pacers, and then Bucks-Mavericks on ESPN. Will you still be camping on Saturday? I may or may not be. I'm going to head out to the Petrified Forest for a couple days. I'm going to go out to Zion. And for those who don't know me, 
I'm going back to school. I start September 1st and I, I never took a math class, Jim. Okay. I got through high school and university of Southern California fight on without taking any math. So I had to learn six years of math in a month. In a so month. I, needed, I, I just need to take a couple days reset, get a break from my in-laws and then just be me for a little bit for just for a little bit. Well, you know, I'll be watching and you know, that I've got the ball packed in the car already. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be exciting. Uh, I'll be watching a lot of basketball. Um, best and worst game, if we look at the worst game that I've seen uh, so far, what's, what's your worst game that you just, you couldn't believe that they were either playing this way or you, you thought you would get better out of the matchup? Um, I think the Pelicans really didn't show up against the Clippers on Saturday. And, you know, that, their backs were against the wall. You knew the Clippers were showing up. And to see them get stomped to such an egregious nature makes me wonder if Alvin Gentry isn't still on the Clipper payroll. Dang, is that okay? Best game. Best game. I mean, there's, the level of play has been incredible. If you like betting overs, congratulations. Can you even pick one game? You have Denver OKC, Milwaukee, Houston, Houston, Dallas, Toronto, LA. This has been an amazing stretch of basketball. The players have shown up and man, these guys do well when they don't have to live on planes. My favorite game was Houston at Dallas, the 153-149 overtime game was the best I had seen. Obviously, James Harden scoring 39, Chris Stapp scoring 49, Chris Stapp scoring 39. That was the best game that I saw. The worst game that I saw, Wizards. Come on. Just, Wizards and then, like, Wizards, the Wizards at Brooklyn. Like, disheartening. Yeah. The Kings have no excuse to be as bad as they are. Well, but the Kings, I mean, like, nobody expected the Kings to be even close. I mean, De'Aaron Fox – has been great, but realistically, I, I just knew you didn't expect them to do much. Yeah, but I root for him because last year I saw the Kings and there was just a, a youth and positivity to that whole bunch. To see that franchise engulfed in cynicism not 16 months later is really jarring to me. And like, we had a house guest here and he was a Kings season ticket holder and I could not believe how out on Marvin Bagley he was. Really? Yeah, uh, like they don't, the, I guess from a personality point of view, he really hasn't meshed well with the franchise and the city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Damian Lillard, he's launching this rap career after he's an all-NBA guy. Bagley's doing it when he's got a lot of untapped <laughs> potential that he hasn't reached yet. I thought you, well, the player I thought may show up who hasn't is Harrison Barnes. Uh, I really thought he might be kind of like a, a vet that could help them. Uh, Bogdanovich, I just is. Yeah, and like you've seen them, they've let so many good coaches walk away for no real reason. And like, have we seen evidence that Luke Walton can build a culture? Because it seems like there isn't. No, and do you remember when Luke Walton was a darling because he was undefeated as a Golden State coach? And oh, my, he was the greatest coach. And they were saying maybe Steve Kerr shouldn't come back. Yeah, 
yeah. either of us would have also been undefeated as that Warriors coach. <laughs> The greatest basketball team <laughs> of my lifetime, I would argue. Yeah, yeah, most Honorable definitely. mention, 2014 Spurs and 2000 Lakers. Yeah, okay. Pick and prop, best bets for the weekend. What do you got? Um, okay, so if these – I'll take the Thunder points against the Lakers on Wednesday. Also Wednesday, I like uh, a money line parlay of the Sixers and Celtics. They, it should be easy matchups for them. They're both favored, and you know the Wizards are involved. <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, breaking news. The Nets, without their seven best players, are up three on the Bucks. Up three on the Bucks. Now we, I wish we could go, got to go inside and see that one on NBA TV right now after we finish recording. I'll finish watching that game. You got money on that one, too? Uh, I'm texting Donnie to put in a live bet right now. Oh, my gosh. This is out of control. You bet the Nets every game, don't you? I bet against the Nets and Wizards every game. They don't (laughs) want to be there. So let's send them home. So you're doing a live bet right now, which is great. Uh, Celtics Toronto later in the week. What do you have there for a prop bet? Yeah, I think you got to like the Celtics money line there. I agree with every positive thing we've said about Toronto. Going toe-to-toe against Milwaukee and Toronto, I expect the Celtics to pull out one of those wins. Oh, my. Okay. Well, well, Toronto and Celtics, like, they're very similar rosters. They've got all these interchangeable wings and solid point guards. So, I think they should play to the tee, and there will be good value with the Celtics. All right. I like those bets. Let's see how they play out. I'm going to give mine – I'm going to have my specials on Thursday and Friday, so I'll be excited to – to do my little mini videos that you see. I just haven't done very well. I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm rusty. Hey, we all can get back into it. We, and you, you know, it is hard to look into, to follow your voice and know what's right. I knew the Raptors were going to beat the Lakers on Saturday night. I didn't bet it. I yeah. went Lakers two and a half for LeBron James. <laughs> Gamblers. LeBron's the second best player of all time, but. He's not the best player to bet on for sure. He's only burned me over my gambling history. <laughs> That's one thing the king is not good for, huh? No, not at all. Uh, I had a bad weekend, last second shot, um, a bad weekend for me. But a guy who had a good weekend, and I'm really excited for uh, to see what he does, or I guess a good first start, not really weekend, but Michael Porter Jr. Like, did we see this out of him for Denver? 6'11", I mean, he's just, he's just playing out of this world. And so many teams passed up on him because they didn't know about his back. Understandable, but you knew before the back who Michael Porter Jr. is. I feel like, uh, who's the coach? We are who we thought we were. Like oh, we, Dennis Green. Dennis Green. You knew who Michael Porter Jr. was. Yeah, he's KD with even less of a spine. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my I am hey, the world's only the Kevin Durant fan. I will preface with that. You get the line of the week. Joke of the week. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Man, my fiance is going to kill me. I am on the record that I will be working Kevin Durant's Twitter bio into my vows. <laughs> I'm me. I do me and I chill. <laughs> you do you and you chill. Yeah, I just love it. 
he's my guy. And I'm sorry, Kevin, if you're listening, I will accept any comments from your burner accounts. <laughs> your burner and he's the one guy who's actually going to hear this. Like you talk trash like Kevin Durant, you know, he's, re- he's making an account to reply at four in the morning. Yeah. We'll have to make sure we do a hashtag Durant. So, you know, in his search, he'll definitely find it. Yeah. And it's props to Kevin Durant cameo on billions. And it's impossible for me not to pull up the hood of my hoodie without pretending I'm KD a little bit. <laughs> You wish. Don't we all wish we were Katie or Dame Lillard? Dame Either Lillard. one, right? Best life of anyone. No one is as no one has as few worries going to bed as Damian Lillard. <laughs> you have the greatest. You are Forrest Gump with a high IQ, my friend. Oh, Dame Lillard. I remember he and John Wall came out with their their shoes in an Adidas launch probably four or five years ago, and it just just to see like they had the top two stars at Adidas. And I feel like if you looked at their career since, uh, Dame Lillard and John kind of went in opposite directions. Yeah, but is there something to a lot of Adidas's signature guys have had a horrific injury of low history of lower body injuries? Yeah. Like, hey, we have to release uh, Derek Rose signature shoes. It's a cast. Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas was another one. Like, yeah, maybe they said like Adidas Jinx. There's like the Madden Jinx. There's an Adidas Jinx. Although James Harden, he hasn't had an injury. But has he had two of the worst collapses in NBA playoff history? Touche. Yes. See, Touché. James Harden, he goes to bed. He's, had a, he's a better player than Dame, but, oh, I've got this collapse. I've got that collapse. Should have won title. Dame, you weren't going to win any title, so you just maximized everything. Okay. And Joe, while we're here, Nike yeah. loyalist. Nike loyalist. Nikes. Only okay. What's your favorite Nike shoe? Dude, the the cheapest Nike basketball shoe is always the best best game. Shoe. <laughs> That's the best game shoe. Yeah, you just go buy another pair. No, yeah, because like if you do high end Nikes, like I, they don't have the ankle support you would like. So, get the Ultra Flies, ninety five dollars out of the box, and you're good to go for two years off those bad boys. Okay, so crazy thing. My two shoes that I remember, Can you were talking on shoes, and I just, I bought those Dennis Rodman shoes. Were those Reeboks? They were really Oh, those heavy. were Converse, actually. Converse. The, oh, my gosh, they were so heavy. I, I couldn't play in them. But re, more recently, I bought a pair of the Larry Bird Converse. I cannot stand the Celtics. I've always hated the Celtics, and I never understood why his shoe was black and white, but I love the shoe versus the purple and uh, gold magic shoe. So I bought another pair of the Larry Bird Converse, which I never had in my life until two weeks ago. Can I, can I show you something real quick? Okay, go these, ahead. These are, these are the worst shoes I've ever had. Okay, so a buddy of mine, he was good friends with DeMarcus Cousins' bodyguard, unfortunately passed of COVID. Oh, and wow. So uh, he was actually friends with a lot of New York comedians. So his shoe collection got dispersed after he passed. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to receive a pair of Rajan Rondo game shoes. Whoa. Straight from, straight from China. Wow. Born. You got, are those, from are the, the, is that R for Rakuten? <laughs> and like, they're beautiful. I'll wear these Kings game shoes, but you look at the insole. And I've never seen anything like this. They're literally formed to Rondo's feet. Oh, wow. Look at that. Oh, snap. 
I can see the ridges in the yeah, shoes. They got a B cup under your dang the ball of your foot. Wow, that's pretty cool. And you play with the insoles? Have you? Have... No, they're so uncomfortable. I can't that's even a... wear them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I wore them to walk around one day, and I couldn't even move the next day. It's awful. Oh my. Cheap Nikes are the way to go. <laughs> okay, what are those shoes really? Those are are they Reebok? What what? These are um, the Leanings. They're the company that has like Clay Thompson and Rajon Rondo are their only NBA guys. Leanings? Yeah, it's a Chinese manufacturer. Oh snap! I gotta go get me some Leanings. I remember when Javale McGee got Peak shoes, and everybody's like, "What is Peak?" But they have some athletes. Okay, that's pretty cool. Those should be up on the wall behind you, just on a shelf with a light shining on it. So everyone can always see your Rajan Rondo shoes, right? The worst shoes ever created. <laughs> and it's weird because now just seeing that insole, I know exactly what Rondo's feet look like and it ain't great. <laughs> it ain't great. <laughs> hey, Joe, that's really funny. Joe, what has been great is another great edition of Just for Sport with you. I've had a blast. This was so much fun. I know we both had like a really tough day, so it was good to come together and celebrate hoops like this. It has. You enjoy camping. I'll enjoy camping on the couch watching basketball. You enjoy real camping. All right. Later, my friend. Thank you for watching, listening, supporting, reviewing. Really appreciate it. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, wherever you get your pod, that's where you'll find us. All right, folks. Until next time, ciao for now.